Welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. It's Wacky Wednesday here on BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen, and joining me today is a person who is doing such wonderful things. I'm so happy to have her on the show today. My buddy, Leah Hunt from Leah's Kids. How are you doing today, Leah? I'm good, Nick. How are you? Wow, look at this. I'm fantastic. I'm always happy when my buddies come on the show and get to talk a little bit about what they do, you know? So I got to start by asking, you know, first off, you and me, we met through Hardest Nails Ministries. You were, we're both a missionary alumni. Um, can you describe what inspired you to become a missionary? Wow, yes. So, wow, what a whirlwind. So, Heart and Nails was absolutely amazing. So, what really got me to wanting to become a missionary within the ministry is just I remember in high school seeing kids going through something and seeing that they were carrying that cross that they had right there. And you could see it in the hallways. And I was like, there has to be something more that we can do. There has to be another way to reach the kids. And then long story short, I had a friend who went to Hardest Nails. She reached out to me. Um, we started talking and I always wanted to do you know, missionary work. I really wanted to get involved. I never knew how that was gonna look. And then one day it like, I just woke up and I said, I'm going to do it. And I applied. I didn't tell anyone. I applied. I got accepted. And I was like, by the way, everybody, I've been working on this thing behind the scenes and I'm going. And the rest is history. And it's the best decision I ever made. Brilliant. I love that yeah. story. You know, and I got to ask, did Leah's kids come before or after Heart as Nails? So Leah's kids came before. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I kicked off Leah's kids before. Before I went to Hardest Nails. So when I came out with like, hey, I'm going to Hardest Nails, everyone was like, but didn't you just start a nonprofit? What are you doing? Da, 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 da. You know, and I had college and scholarships and all this craziness. And they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, no, trust me. I know I'm supposed to go. I have no idea what I'm walking into. I knew absolutely nothing about Hardest Nails. Like I knew the gist. And I was like, I don't know why, but I know I need to go. And it was like a huge debate. And it and then it, it paid off. It literally was the best decision I've ever made. So 100% recommend it. Same here. I was in the middle of college and decided I'm going to take a year off to do this. Never looked back. Never once had this. Was this the right decision for me? Or was I just, you know, crazy at the time or something? Nope. Best yeah, because it... I, I agree with you because it really did help because so I went when I graduated, I graduated high school and a month later I, I moved to Syracuse. And so I was 18. And so I started Leah's kids as a high school senior, as an 18 year old, not really even knowing anything about the nonprofit world. I just knew in my heart, you know, that I wanted right. to give back and I wanted to help kiddos fight cancer. And so it worked out perfectly because 
uh, as I grow up, Lee, as kids grows up, but Hard as Nails gave me those stepping blocks to grow up and grow into and has basically helped me create the world of Lee as kids that it is, but it wouldn't have been possible if I didn't take that leap that didn't really make sense at the time that I was doing, but that nonprofit world of the ministry played into the role of the Leah's Kids nonprofit. And so it all, it all blended together very beautifully. Absolutely. And you're right. Hard Nails does give you the tools. It gave me a lot of tools for BuddyCast, hearing people's stories, letting them sympathize on the show, letting them just talk and be themselves. You know, like how many stories have you heard on the road with Hard as Nails that have just a touched lot. your life to this day, you know? And all of them. I don't think there's one that I've ever been like, oh, it wasn't really the story, you know? They're yeah. all, they're all, they're all impactful because they're all somebody's life, which is, which is cool. Which mm -hmm. is, it's hard, but it's so good. Oh yeah, it's definitely. There are days where you, when you were on the road, where you're just like, I need to do something right now. Like I need to listen to some music or do something before I break down here on the bus or something like that, you know. But <laughs> at the same time, you got what, seven other people sitting right next to you who are who know exactly to the bone what you're going through right now, you know? Very right, yeah, yeah. So I got to ask now, how did these <laughs> kids get started? You said you were high school senior. You said you had the stream on here. Well, tell us the story. Yeah, okay. So oh, I love talking about Leah's kids. So, yeah, so Leah's kids, yeah, I did start it as a high school senior. I, you know, filed for that nonprofit status. Uh, on my 18th birthday. And it was, it was crazy because, you know, I'd go to track practice and I would, you know, run laps and, but I would brainstorm how to form a nonprofit and how to help kids. And why I wanted to do that was because as a kiddo, I fought cancer twice. I was mm. diagnosed with retinoblastoma. It's a rare form of eye cancer. I had it in my left eye. And so I started treatment right off as a two and a half year old. And I did treatment wow. for a year. Yes, I did treatment for a year. We did chemo radiation. I had 26 surgeries. We then, you know, the cancer came back. So I relapsed and we did a radioactive isotope on my left eye. And at that point, I'm about three and a half years old now. So about a year into this journey. And after the relapse, they put the isotope and then the isotope killed the cancer cells. But it also took the complete vision of my left eye. And so I always say when I talk to people that, you know, there's two there's two journeys in childhood cancer and cancer just in general it's when you're going through the treatment but then for me i think the even harder battle is then going through going through growing up and having those symptoms and you know taking that day-to-day -day battle when nobody's looking you know when the doors close there's no more spaghetti dinners and lemonade stands in your honor nobody's bringing you gifts it's you in the mirror and you're looking at yourself and you're figuring out how to fight this you know because you have this cross now that you're carrying. And for me, I was a kid, you know, I didn't really even understand cancer. I didn't understand what it meant to be sick and why I was going to the hospital, but my friends weren't going to the hospital. And like, like for me at one point, I thought cancer was normal. I thought everybody had it, you know, like yeah. I wanted to name my, I had a, we grew up on a ranch in Ohio. And so I wanted to name my horse cancer. We got a horse and I want to name it cancer because to me, cancer was, so heavily part of my life, you know, treatments all the time, traveling out of state, you know, taking your medicine, your inpatient, your outpatient, the, the whole nine yards. And so I thought it was normal. And so it took me a very long time to really 
fully as a kid understand what that was, what this journey was all about. And I, on my, and so I grew up doing, you know, the lemonade stands and doing stuff for childhood cancer research and for my doctor and for my hospital and giving back and raising awareness and, you know, being a voice within the community for kids fighting cancer. And I realized that that I could do more. There was more to this. There was more than just, oh, Leah fought cancer and that's it. I knew that that God had me here for a reason because clearly I'm still here. So clearly he wants to do something with me. So I'm just like, okay, God, here we are. And as a kid, I knew I wanted to directly impact another kid. I knew all those emotions that I was feeling of having being blind and my eye drifting and not understanding and having chemo brain and struggling and all these different things that were happening to me on a daily basis, I knew that I could do more. And I knew that I could take what I was going through and help another kid. So long story short, I started the Leah's Kids Foundation, which we're your nonprofit. And what we do is we financially help families fight cancer. So we take on their medical costs, those miscellaneous costs, you know, maybe it's gas, maybe it's a hotel stay, a parking garage, food, whatever that miscellaneous cost is that we may not think about, but that family needs, Leah's kids will take it on and we'll pay for it. And but then also, which is like my favorite part of Leah's kids is we do something called a crown a kid event. And the crown a kid event is a party to encourage the siblings, the parents, the child that's impatient, all of them in their courageous battle with childhood cancer. And all that really stems from, which is James 1.12, which states we bear our cross to receive our crown in eternal glory. Because we all have a cross and we're all carrying it. So why don't we be a buddy, just like your, your mission says, and help each other carry that cross. And so in a very short roundabout way, that's Leah's kids. <laughs> Beautiful. I, I love that story. It's all about you taking that childhood experience that you've gone through which like you said you thought was completely normal and it took a while to realize okay maybe this isn't normal but you still treated it as that positive like hey i'm this is what i'm going through this is my life and going through and making it a situation okay if i look at if i've seen this differently like if i had seen this as a cross if i had seen this as you know something that was a burden like people i've seen today because no one likes the news you know no one likes the news when they get the c word when they get hey you have cancer you know it's not mm-hmm. necessarily a celebration like, let's go, let's take care of it. You know, yeah. it's not, it's basically 10 out of 10 times a bunch of families grieving, a bunch of families like, okay, we're going to take this, but it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be, yeah. you know. People, people already start grieving what their life was the moment they're diagnosed. You're mm-hmm. told that you have the big C, you're instantly grieving that life. Yep. And yeah, it's, so it's very, it's very, yes, yes. And it's even worse when it's a child who's only had so much life so far. It's not like when you're in your forties or your fifties or above, you know, it's like, here's a, here's a 10 year old who's just, who hasn't even teed off yet. And is already, you know, and is already, right. their family's already thinking about, are we going to be able to treat this or is this going to be something that we have to do is this something we should start planning for you know right, like making, right. Those, making those adjustments for so i love the mission i love the mission of leah's kids thank um, you and, and you and what i love too is because my mom talks about this all the time you never know like all those little expenses 
all of those little things, such as a hotel stay when you have to travel out of town for mm-hmm. a hospital visit, um, gas, you know, where's your, where's your next meal? You don't want to be thinking about that stuff. You don't want to be thinking about, mm-hmm. well, you want to be focused on your kid. You want to be focused on your child right there. Like that should right. be the main focus, the child and the diagnosis. It shouldn't be, okay, I got to be checked in the hotel by six o'clock tonight. Um, so you stay here at the hospital. I'll go check us in real quick and then fly back, um, you know, like real quick, something like that. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. No family should ever have to choose. No parent should ever have to choose between going to work to pay the medical costs and to pay uh-huh. the miscellaneous costs or to sit by their child's bedside. Exactly. And that is why Leah's kids is here. So the family can stay together. Because mm-hmm. to fight cancer, it takes a village. It, t- it takes a community. It takes everyone you have in your life to fight it. Yes. But you really need your parents. Or if you're a kid, you really need your guardian. And so no guardian should have to be like, I can't take the day off. I need to go to work. So-and-so is going to go sit in the chemo chair alone. Like, no, that shouldn't even be a discussion. No. And when you're diagnosed, you shouldn't have to start thinking about just like you said, you know, the parking garage, the gas, the food, you know, what childcare that you have for your other kiddos, who's going to watch your other kiddos? Well, what if you're a two parent home income, and then you drop down to a one parent home income, so mm-hmm. that your whole world is turned upside down. And that's why Leah's kids is here to be that calmness in the storm to, to say, be like, hey, hey, look, we've been through it. This is what helped us and let us help you. Brilliant. Do you remember the first kid you ever helped? The first success story you have? Yes. Okay. So the very first kid I crowned. So um, I was in high school and Leah's kids was up and running, but nobody knew Leah's kids existed. It was just kind of like my thing that I was doing secretly. And it we just, just, just started. And so his name was Ian and Ian had brain cancer. He had a brain mm-hmm. tumor but he also was autistic and he was being raised by his single mom and his grandma. And they had a spaghetti dinner for him. And I showed up with a big check. Like we had one, like those that you see on TV, like those huge big checks. Uh And we donated his family a thousand dollars. And that was my first ever donation. And from there, it's just as grown and grown and grown and grown. And now we do the parties and we do the events and, and all that. But yeah, Ian, Ian was my first one. Ian, did gain his angel wings about a year later i was actually at heart as nails i was getting ready to go actually give my like story and my three minutes of power and do the intro and all that and i found out right before then that he passed away Uh and it was it it was it was very it was very very sad but Ian, he's in heaven and at the end of the day that's where we want to go and you know like how lucky we are to have an angel that walks with us and now anytime I ever public speak, I always know that Ian is with me because that day when I was able to get up there and, and speak, everything changed within me and how I saw myself as a speaker because I knew I had someone on the other end. So, yeah. You had an angel weight on your shoulder. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful story. You know, I mean, yeah, it's it had a sad ending, but it's a beautiful, beautiful way that you transitioned. It wasn't just... Oh, someone passed away. It was, hey, I've got a guardian angel now, you know? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So what about some other fundraising activity? You mentioned you crown children, you, you know, 
Um, you talked about it earlier, you know, like growing up as a kid, you do lemonade stands and all that stuff. But what are some fundraising activities that Leah's Kids does? Oh, goodness. We do anything and everything. So, you know, as a nonprofit, you exist solely based off of, of donations, as you clearly have experience with. Um, but just, you know, I've kind of learned in life just to say yes to everything, unless it's something that's not going to lead me to heaven or sin or is bad, you know, but mm -hmm. I just say yes to every opportunity. So we as kids, you know, we're, we're, we're out there, you know, working within the community, working with monthly donors, big donors, grants, you know, anything and everything, because, you know, the reality is, is that there's never going to be enough money because there's so many kids impacted. And I think at the end of the day, we don't always think about childhood cancer because you don't always see it kids aren't boasting about it or putting it out there or walking through walmart with their chemo pole you know i guarantee uh -huh. you go to the store today and there'll be like three kids in that walmart that has cancer but they may not look like it and i can tell you like leah's kids we have over a hundred and like 45 families on a waiting list right now wow. for us to get a donation and to get a party and that mm -hmm. number keeps climbing and climbing and we go get we get to these families and we plan these special days and we give them their tiaras and their crowns but the next day there's another 10 there's another two there's one there's you know four and so we say yes to everything because there's always going to need be somebody who needs something and so we find a cure for cancer there's going to be a need. And mm -hmm. so we just keep going. <laughs> it's just like hard as nails. You know, we can say yes to all the events, but at the end of the day, you know, that's just, we have 10 more events lined up, you know, within this next week or something like that. And, but at the same time, what I love about hard as nails was follow up, just not just leaving and going, see you later, you know, but like you said, following up with your kids and being the person, how are they doing today? Is everything going, you know, you have a major surgery today. What's, what's going through your mind right now, something like that, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And so that's something, another thing that I really have heavily incorporated into the foundation is that we do have follow up in our own way within Leah's kids. So, you know, like for me this morning, I talked to a mom, um, she had twins, twin daughters with the same cancer, and they had appointments today. And so we were talking earlier about it. We had a kiddo's birthday two days ago when we sent him a gift. And so we stay in contact because they become part of the royal family of Leah's kids. You know, they, they enter into our community, into our family, and they, they don't get to go because I love them so much. And, you know, you really get to know them. You share your heart with them. I share my story. They share theirs. We, you know, have that bond. And then the kid and I gets to hang out and, you know, relate to each other, which is the biggest thing. Cause I can't tell you, every single event i do with leah's kids and we have whatever type of party that the child wants and they'll hold my hand and we'll walk and we'll do whatever we're doing and you start asking these kids questions four years old seven years old 12 18 however old they are you ask them questions and they'll be like i gotta tell you something leah i'll be like yeah what is it and they'll be like did you know i had cancer and i go did you know that I had cancer too? Their world changes. Being able to meet them on that level and being able to be like, hey, I know exactly what you're going through. Their their lives are changed. I can't tell you how many kids' eyes have just lit up and, and sparked because they're meeting someone outside of the hospital who's going through what they have gone through. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of it. That's the, that's the absolute beauty. 
finding out you're not alone in this journey. Like we mentioned throughout this entire episode, finding out you're not alone in this fight, thinking, yeah, I have cancer, but you know, no one knows what I'm personally going through or something like that. Or I have this, you know, like I have this, no one knows what it's like to be me on a daily basis, but to find out, you know, there's someone could be someone right next door. could be someone standing right next to you. That's been where you've been and knows how to help you, you know? Right. So you mentioned you're working with over a hundred families right now. How can our buddies help you? How can our buddies help those families? Wow. Okay. So our buddies out there can, you know, there's so much that you guys can do. One is just follow along the stories of these kids because we have these tiny humans fighting battles that we expect 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 year olds to fight. But now they're, they are taking home in a tiny body. And I kid you not, these kids will change your life because their perseverance, their joy, their excitement for life is real. And that always knocks you back a step to be like, man, if that 10 year old can fight cancer with a smile, I can get through work today. And that's one of my favorite things is that they put life in perspective and they, oh, they're just amazing. They're, they're literally amazing humans. And I know that God gives everybody a mission and we sometimes don't really even understand or know what our mission is. But when an outsider comes looking in, you have no idea how you can change their life by just being you. And these kids are doing that to people all over. But in general, the, the world of pediatric cancer does not get that much awareness, does not get that much help and support. I mean, from the government, they only get 4% of funding for under the umbrella of all childhood cancers. They only get 4%. And then that is divided into hundreds of cancers. And so bringing awareness to childhood cancer, bringing awareness to Leah's kids that were here, you know, supporting, donating, you know, being being a voice for us out there in the community. Because right now, Leah's kids dominantly serves families in North Texas, but we have grown actually nationwide to where our outreach is, is in about like 40 states right now. And we have kiddos and nominations from every single state almost. And so there's a great need and just bringing awareness that and you know go to our website go to leaskids.org follow us on social media you know get to know these superstar humans that are fighting for their life that is awesome yes please go to the website give me 10 seconds i'm making sure that i have it all spelled there hell yeah it's that work perfect please buddies if you're out there please help this wonderful cause leah's kids right there absolutely love it and you said you're in over 40 different states yes Yep. So our app, our application process is open to to anybody, really, because we want to help as many people as we can. And if we can get to your family, we will. So right now, Leah's kids is headquartered in North Texas or right outside of Dallas area. And so like we have three kids that we're working with right now that are in our hometown. But like tomorrow we get on a plane and we fly to Colorado and we're helping a family out there. There's a little girl and she has she has terminal brain cancer. And so she has a tumor that's known as DIPG. And so this DIPG tumor has a 1% survival rate. And so wow. this one is going crazy right now in the childhood cancer community that kids are getting diagnosed left and right, but there is no survival rate. You have up to two years to fight. 
And then wow. at the two year mark, your body shuts down, you become paralyzed, you can, can't really talk, you can't really move. It's, it's so sad, it's so sickening. And so we're flying out to go encourage her, give her a little fun party with her brother. So it's gonna be exciting. That is brilliant. Thank you for doing that. And a question, a follow-up question I have, what if there's a buddy watching who knows of a child that's fighting cancer right now how can they nominate them? How can they how can they inform you of them? Right. Yeah. So if you just head to our website, up on the top bar, it says nominate a kid. So anybody can nominate it. It can be the social worker, it can be a parent, a guardian, a friend, an uncle, an aunt. Anybody can nominate the child. And then when we get their information, the application is very, very simple. It's just a handful of questions. We get their nomination and then we'll reach out to the child's guardian and we'll get the ball rolling. And yeah, we, we average about one to two kids a month. And so that's that's where we're at right now, um, which which has been wonderful and, you know, different families we get to focus on and love on them so intimately for a whole month and that's just amazing and then so you can nominate them but there's also something that is really really neat that Leah's Kids has that hasn't actually been done before and so Leah's Kids we've published a it's called My Battle Plan Journal and it's a nine-week journal through childhood cancer here I have one <laughs> and and so yeah so these are these are interactive journals for kids to have as they fight cancer so as you can see, it's like, did you eat today? Did you sleep today? Who's your battle buddy? Um, where's the pain on your body? And so the unique thing about this is that kids can write their feelings. They can write what they're thinking, what's going through. But then also for me as a 22 year old and a cancer survivor, this is almost like a keepsake. Not a keepsake because you joyfully want to go back in time, but a keepsake because it answers questions. Because as I said earlier, you know, that that survivorship, that fighting when nobody's watching you, you have a lot of questions. And having a journal like this can bring you those answers. And to go back and look through, how are you feeling? Okay, why is this a symptom? And so these we hand these out to all kids for free. Every time a nomination comes in, we send one of these out directly to the family. And so I bring this up because you can sponsor this for a kid. Like, do you want to gift this to a kid? You can. And that's the cool thing about our community is that you can get involved and rally behind and be a buddy for these people fighting just so easily. And like, we're mm -hmm. here to help you get connected. So yeah, mm -hmm. go to our website. It's all on there. Brilliant. I had a quick follow up. What if there's a kid out there that, let's say I know, a, I've got a personal buddy I want to tell you about. Her name's Lottie. Lottie was born with some with some holes in her heart, you know. So she's not fighting cancer, but she's fighting a heart disease right now. Would I still be able to get her a book like that? Would I still be able to get her something like that? To Yeah, you definitely can. I'd, I'd even love to send you one, happily. So it's... Yeah, I mean. I, so there's a there this battle plan journal can fit all ages i made it so that it can fit the three-year-olds but it also can fit the 20 23 year olds you know so it has different things within it that can meet everybody it is primarily more for cancer so you'll see like symptoms would be like chemo or radiation but there's also things that meet everybody's needs in there so i i'd, I'd love to give you one my, but absolutely. My gift to you. absolutely we'll chat off air after this episode okay but, perfect yeah but we have a i want to tell you about my buddy lottie for a minute um 
she was born premature. She has some little holes in her heart. We actually did a thing called Lottie's Buddies um, a couple of months ago. And we raised over $1,000 before the show even began, which I've done buddy. I've done what I've called buddy aids for, you know, different organizations like Little People of America because I'm a little person. You know, we do a virtual we do a virtual like variety show. We'll have magicians on. We'll have, you know, in Lottie's Buddies, we had magicians, motivational speakers. Um, we had, what else did we have, honey? I'm trying to remember. We had so many different things come on, all for that cause. Oh, yeah, we had singers, too. Wow, had, good for you. That's huge. Had, good for you. We had the guy. We had the guy who fills in at rehearsals for Elton John come on and <laughs> sing Tiny Dancer for her. So that was that was our, that was a crown moment too. And then um, who else? Did we? we had a motivational speaker. We had everything. So like I said, we raised thousand dollars before the show even began, which was our most successful one yet. But I would love to send her a, a book like that. She just turned two. You know, she's oh. gonna have to have surgery in the future. They're waiting. They're postponing surgery now just so she can get a little stronger. You know, a little more you know that but she is the sweetest child that i've ever met too like you just take one look at her and your heart melts so oh that's amazing well hey that is that is so kind of you to want to help her and to do that for other people nick you are you have just such a huge heart and you just love the world so much and you love helping and that you can just see that radiating off of you so thank you so much for the way that you're serving everybody and for you know even this podcast and the way that you're you're spreading awareness for other people and helping them. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'd love to send you a journal. I'd love to send her a gift. I can even help connect you, your, the, her family to other foundations that work with, you know, all pediatric illnesses. And so they would let, love let that. me know. They would absolutely love that. So now, buddy, I've got one more. I got one more story before I ask my main two questions. The, okay. The first question is, could you give us one more impacting story? Just one more glory story, as we call it. As yes. Yes. I love glory stories. Okay. So one of, oh, okay. I, I got, I got two really. Let's hear okay. them. Let's hear them. Okay. So as I mentioned earlier, the twins that we helped, they had retinoblastoma. They're identical twins. They were diagnosed at 10 days old. We celebrated their fourth birthday party with them. They still were in active treatment. And so they actually had the same cancer that I had. And their mother also had the same cancer that I had. Mm -hmm. So all four of us had the same doctor, the same treatment plan. And the, um, we all went through it all. And so we gave them a crown of kid party. And so these girls, they've been so, so sick because on top of their cancer, they have, you know, so many other medical things that, that from just symptoms and, from the treatment. And so they wanted to meet a princesses. And so we flew to, to Pennsylvania and we gave them the party of their lifetime. That's also was a birthday party. And we had every single Disney princess there. We had princess pony rides, princess tea parties. We did tattoos and we had custom made outfits and we had music playing and the princesses were singing and it was everything a four year old girl could ever dream of. But what was so impactful during it, it was not that just all of us fought the same thing and all of us went through the same thing, but that 
that was like one of the only times the girls have ever been able to leave their house because wow. we just got in through COVID. We just, they were so young. They were so sick. They were working with other things. They didn't have, a, you know, financial needs and all this stuff. And it was the first birthday party they ever got, like outside of being in their home birthday party. And um, they're one of the one of the only set of twins. There's only a few twins out there that both have the same cancer at the exact same time. And mom and dad just sat there the whole time and cried. Mom just wept and wept and wept. And she was like, I've never seen my girls this happy because they ask her, they're like, why are you taking me to the doctors? Do you not love me? Why are we doing this? I don't want another shot. I don't want to be folks like, you know, all those things that kids are saying. And she said it was the first time they were able to have a childhood, you know, to, we were able to give them that gift of life back to them. And that was one of the, one of my favorite events, because I mean, I love all my events, but that was because one, we both had retinoblastoma, but then also it was so impactful for that family. And then another one that was, oh man, this one was so, this one like changed my life. Um, I mean, they all do in their own ways, but this sweet girl, Adeline, so she actually had the DIPG brain tumor that I was talking about earlier also. And Adeline, she actually ended up passing away a week after we did her crown of kid party. And mm -hmm. when we got there, she was, she was paralyzed already and she could barely talk. She could barely move her mouth, her face. They were carrying her. Um, so we brought Disney princesses. So she loved Frozen. So Elsa and Anna, we brought Elsa and Anna. We also brought, you know, dinner. We did a princess tea party, very similar to, um, to the, the twins but it was different. We brought Miss Texas was there and she came and played with them and we played with her sister and her whole family. And what was so special about this one is that the community really came together to rally behind Adeline. So we went to Adeline's home for that one because she couldn't leave her house and we decorated the outside and her, her yard. The family didn't have a washing machine. The washing machine broke. So you have a terminally ill child and your washing machine broke and they couldn't afford a new one. So we rallied the community together, got a washing machine, their roof was caving in, they lived in like a type of motor home. And uh -huh. so we were able to help them get, you know, the roof fixed if they needed that, or, you know, the, the porch was held up by two by fours. And there was all these things, but they were so focused on their child and making her final weeks beautiful that we were able to come in and help them with all those other miscellaneous things. You know, at one point they're, they're well broke. So they're, they're taking buckets to their neighbor's house to get clean water for Adeline. I mean, like no family should have to do that. Not, oh. not now where we are today in the world, no family should have to do that. So we were able to step in and help them with that also. And there was other amazing foundations that helped them. But the thing about Adeline's crowning is that the mom was, was having a really hard time, of course, very justifiable with her child passing and everything that was going on and she was so angry at god and i just remember standing up there and sharing really sharing my my heart with the mom in front of literally like 50 people and it was it, you is i was in front of everybody but you would think it was just her and i in the room together and i was like went into the backstory of, you know, the James 112, we bear a cross to receive a crown, what that means. And you know, that cancer does suck and it's horrible and nobody wants it. But, you know, maybe through this cancer, you can find your life's mission. 
you know, that like, yes, we might lose Adeline at the end of the day, but you know, Adeline is such a gift to this world that God is calling her home and how lucky we are, you know, and just all this stuff. And the mom just fell to the floor sobbing, just crying and crying. And she, she's such a sweet lady. And she said, thank you so much for giving me my faith back. Thank you so much for giving me hope. And when Adeline saw all the princesses walk into her living room, she smiled and she reached her hand out. And that was the first time that her family has seen her smile, to see her move in months. And everyone was just crying and sobbing. And so those are two really, really strong ones that just, they they never leave you. That was beautiful i knew that last one was gonna have i knew that last one was gonna have that strong ending like she's gonna be so happy that a miracle's gonna happen you know i knew i knew it so thank you for sharing <laughs> those with us that i'm gonna be thinking about that today like just during that you know during like a tough time at work or something i'm gonna be just thinking about what about those kids you just learned about you know what about all of them they're they're very impactful yes <laughs> So you obviously know what it means. You obviously exemplify what it means to be someone's buddy. But I want to know, in your own words, our buddy Jonas Kane actually wants to know from hashtag positivity, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? What it means to be someone's buddy, in my opinion, is to be someone's greatest encourager, to be someone to love on them, to help lead them, to be their friend but then also to go out of your way. Like you don't have to have a huge relationship to be a buddy. You don't have to know everything about that person to be a buddy. You can be a buddy to the stranger, to be a buddy to somebody who's at the grocery store, who's driving next to you and saying hello and complimenting them or encouraging them or you know, telling them how important they are. You don't have to have that close bond, but you can just be Christ to them. And I think that's the most important thing that we can do. And I think that's how we can be everybody's buddy because everybody, everybody has something. Everybody's carrying a cross in their own way. And we can be a friend. Like, be some, I love being people's friends. Like, I'll be your friend. Like, let's go hang out. I'll be your friend. Like, I just think that, that you can be someone's friend and you have that power and nobody can take that power away from you. And that is the coolest thing ever is that no matter what's happening in your life, you can still choose. It's the power of your choice to be someone's friend and to be nice to them. So mm-hmm. that's my tangent. Exactly. It's, all about, <laughs> it's all about choice. You have that choice to be a friend. I can be someone's friend today. I can be someone's whatever, but I'm going to choose mm-hmm. to be their friend today because you never know who's going to need it the most. You and I really know. think that's, yeah, and I really think that's just the framework of life is that it all comes down to the power of your choice. Like for me, I I came to a fork in the road as like a middle schooler and I was like, okay, I can choose to let cancer take over my life and make me negative and hate God and hate this world. Or I can choose to see the beauty inside this trial. And my life changed because I chose to see the beauty. And by me choosing to see the beauty, I found Leah's kids and I wouldn't have met Adeline or Ian or Kane or Mary, any of them, if it wasn't for that choice. Exactly. And BuddyCast was that was a similar choice. You know, it came during the pandemic when everything was just going downhill. It seemed like people were being very unchristian like or unbuddy like, as I say, you know, they're being very like you just look on social media and just see how many people are upset and everything. I'm like, this world needs a feel good story. Just to remind them, why do you wake up every morning and do what you do? 
You know, what drives your passion? Why do you have such a strong passion to help others, to hear their stories, to get them back to the good times and remind them that greater times are ahead. So thank you for exemplifying what BuddyCast is all about. The final question I have for you today is what we call the ultimate BuddyCast buddy question, which is to anyone out there who's watching right now who wants to start their own nonprofit, what is your advice to them? Go for it. Oh my goodness. Yes. Go for it. There's, you know, there's millions of nonprofits out there. I'm not going to lie. Like there's hundreds of millions. So find out what's your mission. Don't replicate what someone else wants to do. Find what makes you unique. You know, for Mm -hmm. Leah's kids, we don't give to research and we don't give to hospitals. We give to the family for the family and we give them a party. That's what makes us unique. But that's because that's what, that's what was spoken into my heart. So find what, would make your nonprofit unique and go for it. But then also know that you don't have to know anything. I was 18. I knew absolutely nothing about running a nonprofit. Absolutely nothing. I didn't even understand how it all worked. You don't have to know. And that's the coolest thing because God doesn't call us to know and to have all the knowledge to do something and then to go do it. He calls us to trust and to be weak and to be a kid and go be a kid and just say yes to what he puts in front of you. And I can tell you that it will all work out. Because at the end of the day, I'm weak and I don't know what I'm doing, but God has led me here and here we are. So we're making it work. (laughs) So have faith and just do what you're passionate about. Follow your passion. Have faith and follow passion. And the rest will come into place. Love it. Thank you so much for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for exemplifying what it means to be someone's buddy and as I end every episode, I have one favor to ask you. Whatever you do today, and I know you're going to do this because you do this every day. Whatever you do today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, go be someone's buddy. You got it. I would love to. <laughs> I right. Thank you so much. For my buddies out there, this is my buddy, Leah. Please check out her website, leahskids.org. See how you can be a buddy today and help out her buddies. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. We'll catch you all next time here on everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. Well, the days are going fast. Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last. Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone fast. Buddy, buddy, tune in to BuddyCast. Don't feel like it can make it, buddy. Here on Buddy Cast